Welcome to the Building Books Podcast. I'm Glenn Yeffitz, publisher of Ben Bella Books, and on this podcast, we will talk about ideas, authors, and how publishing really works. Well, I'm thrilled today to have on this podcast the amazing and inspirational Dr. Willie Jolie. Willie has been named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by Toastmaster International and has been inducted to the Speaker Hall of Fame by the National Speakers Association. He's a recipient of the of Ron Brown Distinguished Leadership Award, named one of the top five leadership speakers by Speaking.com, and Business Leader of the Year by the African American Chambers of Commerce. He's a radio host and a best-selling author, and Ben Bella is bringing out his latest book this month, uh, actually next month. It's called An Attitude of Excellence, Getting the Best from Yourself, Your Team, and Your Organization. Willie, I'm so excited to speak to you. Um, and there's so much I want to talk about, but let's start at the beginning. How did you get into, uh, started as a speaker? Well, thank you, Glenn. I appreciate your uh, kindness and that nice introduction. And for those who might have heard me before, and for those who have never heard me, I always start every interview the same way. I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon me. I can't refuse it. I didn't seek it. I didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but our eternity is wrapped up in it. And so I'm grateful for this minute, this moment to be on with you. And I'm excited about what we've got coming up in the future with this new book. Now, to answer your question, I started as a nightclub singer, singing in, wow. yeah, singing in dark, dank, smoke-filled nightclubs. Uh, singing jingles during the day for uh, companies like Pizza Hut and Megan It Great and <laughs> Four Do Shoe Store, It's Really Hot, BET, Black Entertainment TV. I've sung jingles for Oldsmobile, Cadillac, Washington Gas, Pepco, Seventh Heaven, 7 Eleven, Cruise Ships, News Shows, Phil Donahue. I've sung a lot, a lot of jingles over the years. And I made my living during the day singing jingles, but the majority of my income came at night when I sang in nightclubs. And I was one of the top nightclub performers in the Washington, D.C. area, won the award for best jazz singer five times in a row, five years in a row. Wow. And I had made a, a pretty good living singing in nightclubs. Well, one night I went in a nightclub and it was going great. People were there, packed out. Club owner said, I want to talk to you after the night show. So I told the guys in the band, hey, they want to talk. We've been selling out for six months. We got standard room only audiences. It's time to get our raise. So we walked in his office that night. Oh, I walked in his office that night. He said, you were great. I said, thank you. He said, uh, the people love you. I said, yeah, I'm glad we got a full house. He said, and, you know, we love you. I said, I, I'm ready for the next <laughs> I'm ready to go to the next step. And he said, that's why it's hard for me to tell you. But the owners of the club have decided that they're going to try something new that's filling up nightclubs that's a lot cheaper than the band, the live entertainment. They bought a karaoke machine and they figure you buy it once and, and, and it's filling up nightclubs all over America. And I was shocked. Oh, I said, that's brutal. I said, but what about my bills? I, I mean, I was shocked. And, they, and, and I realized that night, nobody really cared about your bills, but you and the people <laughs> you, you owe. So I went home and told my wife, I said, you know what? That's it. I, I, I really worked hard to get this club to be number one in the in the market and to build this audience and have standing room only audiences. And how did I get rewarded? I got fired I, and replaced by a karaoke machine. 
I'm going to do something else with my life. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something else. And I took a job with the Washington, D.C. public school system as a drug prevention coordinator. They were looking for someone who had a background in music and drama and the arts to help them with creating programs to get kids to stay away from drugs. And from the little kids, the teachers would say, well, how, that was good. You were good. You're entertaining and you're funny. And Can you come to my, my, uh, my, my teacher's group? And I go to the teacher's group and someone there would say, hey, 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 can you come to my company, my church? And I'd go there and more and more people would come up and say, hey, can you come to this and that? And then Les Brown, the great motivational speaker, heard me speak at an event. And the fact that I spoke and I sang at the end of the event, he was looking for an opening act for a new tour he was launching called the Music and Motivation Tour. And he called me and said, I loved what I heard today, and I'd like you to be the opening act. So that allowed me to get name recognition beyond, you know, the local place. And I got on this tour with Les Brown and Gladys Knight and Billy Preston. And they introduced me to so many people, corporate people, radio people, and so forth. I started getting more invitations to speak at corporate events. And then I got a radio show. The radio show started locally in one market and then got syndicated. And now I'm on XM, Sirius XM, and moved to television and then PBS. And things just kept growing and going. And in 1999, I was inducted in, I mean, I was named one of the top five speakers in the world by Toastmasters. In 2005, I was inducted in Speaker Hall of Fame. A few years after that, named one of the top leadership speakers. And just last year, a legend of the speaking industry. And it all happened, Glenn, because I got fired and replaced by a karaoke machine. <laughs> and out of that came a, a, a whole topic and book and, and PBS special called A Setback is a Setup for a Comeback. And uh, that book has been very popular around the world. And then the PBS special has done well. And now we talk about how we use those same principles uh, with Ford Motor Company and how they went from being on the brink of bankruptcy in 2006. And I worked with them in 2006, 2007, 2008. And in 2009, Ford was able to reject a government bailout and go from losing a million dollars a month to making a billion dollars a month. And they did it with this principle that we spell out in the book, an attitude of excellence and how we learned in that in those years, myself and my family and my team from the Ford experience, how to use excellence and an attitude of excellence to turn around your life, your company and your future. So I'm very excited about what we have been able to learn and put into this book. This book is dynamite. I was telling, I got a call this morning from the chief learning officer at Norton Healthcare. And he said, I just wanted to call you and say thank you for the insights. I had sent him a pre-copy of the book. And he said, I've got, I'm ordering uh, copy boxes of them for my people because these insights are exactly what we need as we grow to the next level. So I just want to thank you. So we're going to really try and help a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, a lot of churches, a lot of community organizations, community groups to grow their success by using the principles that I learned from the Ford 
success story. That's fantastic. And I noticed that on the book, you've got an amazing blurb from Ellen Mullally, who's that ex-CEO of Ford, who's uh, really legendary in industry for turning around Ford. Um, and, and you were part of that turnaround. That is a, that's very exciting. Oh, man, you talk about excitement. When that email came in from Alan Mullally saying, I love this book. I love this book. And I want to give you a quote for the book, as well as I want to have you send me a box of books when the when the book is done so I can send them to my CEO friends. This is one of the best books I've read in a long time. So, you know, to get that kind of email was just like, wow, wow. So I, I'm still over the top. I'm still trying to pinch myself about that. Uh, you know, I've got to say, of all the authors I've had, none have been more energetic at going after blurbs than you have. T- tell people about how you got the blurb from Stephen Covey. Wow. Uh, who's now now deceased, but it's an amazing story. Well, I wrote the manuscript a, a number of years ago, and initially I was just printing the book for my immediate friends and clients uh, who, who, who had heard about this message of excellence and how I would speak when I'd come to their groups. They said, oh, I want that message. Can you can you get it to me somehow? So we put a book. We wasn't in stores, wasn't on Amazon. It wasn't anywhere available for the general public. It was only for my clients. Well, I wanted a great, even for that internal book, I wanted a, a couple of good testimonials. So I was speaking in Sydney, Australia for the Australian Real Estate Conference, the biggest real estate conference in the Southern Hemisphere. The other speaker at the conference was Dr. Stephen Covey, who wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So the morning of the event, uh, we were backstage in the green room. And I asked Dr. Covey, I said, well, we took a couple pictures. And I said, look, I'd like to talk to you at some point. But his assistant stepped in and said, well, you know, we got to get more pictures and we got to get more people. And you can't talk to him right now. I said, but I just want to talk to him about a book. She said, talk to me about it. So I talked to her about this book that I got, and I want to get a testimonial from him. She said, well, I appreciate that, but we're not doing any more testimonials. He's re- he, sold a, he sold 50 million books. Everybody wants a testimonial. We've, we've cut out all testimonials, all quotes. We don't do that anymore. I said, but it's a really good book. She said, uh, I know, I'm sure it is, but no thank you. So... That day before we, we parted, I went to her again and said, are you sure? She said, no, I'm telling you, no. Well, that evening, it was a, we were staying over in Sydney a, 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 another day or two. That evening, I'm in the gym working out on the bike. And who comes and sits next to me on the bicycle but Dr. Stephen Covey. And he sits there and we start talking. And he tells me uh, that he is staying a couple of days extra in Sydney as well. And we talk about one thing and another and about family. I'd been married at that point about 25 years. He'd been married about 45 years. We talked about family, about children. We had some similar friends from his, he lived in Utah. I had friends in Utah. He knew Gladys Knight. I knew Gladys Knight. And so we became fast friends on that bicycle. Now, let me tell you, by the time he, he came in, I had already been riding the bike about an hour. So, <laughs> so I was tired when he I walked bet. in, but I, I made myself ride another hour. <laughs> 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 and so uh, by the end of that conversation, he said, 
what did you say about that book? And I told him about the book. He said, said get, get the book to me and I'll read it and I'll see what I can do. And he read it and sent me the most beautiful testimonial. And I mean, it is just so fabulous. So that goes to show you that if you try and treat people right and be right and do right, that some people say karma can go against you, but karma or positive energy, it can also go for you. So you do the right thing as often as you can. Try and do uh, treat people right and be upright and, and respectful and good things will come your way. So that was one of those just wow kind of synchronicity kind of moments. That's a great lesson. And not only doing the right thing and good karma, but also persistence and energy oh, and positive yeah. attitude. That's all, all came together for you. For all that, came it? together. It, it really does make a difference. Being persistent and being positive. You got to do that. And that's one of the things we talk about in the book. I talk about the book is an interesting book because it's actually two books in one. So after the Ford experience, I learned what Alan Mulally had done to turn this company around. And then the impact I had on some of the speeches, because we did, we did uh, two and a half months nonstop every day visiting Ford plants around the country. You'd be amazed how many Ford plants there are in America. There are Ford offices, there are Ford plants all over there. There are hundreds of them. So we did almost 70 events day after day after day after day after day, and we didn't do the same place twice. So the book was first focused on how do you grow your organization and uh, organizational development. But I also realized that one of the keys to successfully growing your organization is to grow the people in your organization because, as I've written, great people give great service. Good people give good service. Mediocre people give mediocre service. And negative people will kill your organization. So if you want to grow your organization, you got to start by growing your people. Best way to grow your future is grow yourself. And best way to grow your organization is grow your people. So I knew I needed to have also, in addition to organizational development, the lessons I learned from Alan Mulally, I also needed to have personal development. The lessons I've learned from my experience in life, what changed my life from a broke, busted nightclub singer to one of the top speakers in America, syndicated radio programs, uh, television, wards, and all of that. What was it that changed me? Just from the city of Washington, D.C., who went to public schools and and I was, I always tell people I was the half of the class that made the top half possible. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was not the class leader. I was not on the honor roll, but I went from that person to developing a different person by some principles I learned from some wise mentors and some wise teachers and some experiences I learned about success. And once I learned those, I put them in the personal development part so that you can grow the person in your organization and grow yourself. And then the other part of the book is a second book on how to grow your organization. And rather than having two separate books that we would sell, I put them into one big, excellent book or one book on excellence. I feel like that because it is excellent, but it's a book on excellence. And I wanted, I was telling someone just the other day that I really am impressed with the folks at Ben Bella. Oh, and the, thank you. The editing team, the people who helped take 
my ideas and formulate them into a concise, tight, dynamic work that really, it jumps off, I mean, it jumps into content from page one. I, I, I really was, I had a lot more, I'm a speaker, so I had more talky-talky kind of stuff, which they eliminated some of my talky-talky stuff and went right in for the gusto. But when I read it, wow, it took my, it, it took my breath away. It was, it was, that, it was powerful. Thank you, Willie. Uh, that's, that's very kind of you. Well, you know, I do have a question about attitude because, you know, I, I agree with you that it's so fundamental, but it's, you know, as, as someone who's, you know, been in business for a long time, I've always thought of attitude as something, you know, you want to hire people with the right attitude. Yes. Attitude is so important. But, you know, if you've got somebody who's very talented, but the attitude isn't really what you want it to be, are there ways of improving the attitude of somebody that's already on your staff? Oh, no question. No question. No question. See, if you would interview yourself, you're a CEO. If you take 100 CEOs out of 100 CEOs and ask them what are the qualities that they want from the people in their organization, I always get the same answers. They want to be hardworking. They want them to be honest. They want them to be focused on excellence. They want them to have a positive attitude and they want them to be to be diligent at their job or whatever the skill set they have. Now, Bill Marriott, who I interviewed on my Exum show, who I would encourage everybody to listen to that interview, either go to my podcast or any way you can find that interview. It's on podcast, Willie, Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. But it's an interview where he says the reason that Marriott started as a root beer stand with his dad and mom to build the biggest hospitality organization and brand in the world is called we hire for attitude and we teach aptitude. Now, what happens if you got a person though? I say, well, what do you do if you got a person on your staff, Mr. Marriott, who's, who you hired before you taught them the great attitude? Because you expect them to have, he said, then we work hard at helping them develop a better attitude. We give them resources. We give them mindset changing. Because see, most people want to be successful. They want to do well. Sometimes they just don't know how to do it. And so I think back to one of the lessons in the book, Attitude of Excellence book, is with the gentleman from the Four Seasons Hotel. I'm on a plane. I'm reading the USA Today. And and there's a notice about the latest five-star, five-diamond hotel in America which is a very high honor. Oh, yeah. And it was the Four Seasons Hotel in Washington, D.C. I said, wow, I, that's I, that's in my city. So I, I got back to D.C. I called the hotel, asked for the general manager, and said to his assistant, I would love to interview him. I read the article in, in the USA Today. And would I just get a few minutes of his time? Well, he was very gracious. He called me back and he said, I will be happy to have you over for breakfast. Come on over for breakfast and we'll we'll find some time to, or we'll make a time to talk to you about some of the lessons I'm very gracious. I went over, we had breakfast and he said, when I took over this job, it was a three-star hotel. And as much as I wanted people to be better, they had not had the training or the development or the 
personal development to become better. So we went on a better campaign. I brought in speakers like yourself. I got them materials that would help them to have a better attitude. And we made a commitment as a group that we were all going to get 1% better every day. We just 1%, not 100%, not 150% better. We were going to get 1% better every day, every day, every day. And in time, we would get 100% or 365% or more. So we want to do whatever we did today. We want to do it better tomorrow. Just, just incremental growth. And he said we went from a three-star to the four-star, then four-star to the five-star, and then from a five-star to a five-star, five-diamond. And he said, and by the way, once they get in the habit of knowing what to do and then doing it and being encouraged along the way, if we were able, we would be at this point an eight-star because if they gave an eight-star, because we kept getting better because the habit became or the excellence became habitual. It became a habit. You and know, that's, it's, yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I was just going to say, you know, th- th- that's a, that lesson of the, you know, it's easy to think that, you know, people are the way they are, but a lot of it is is setting the, the tone from, from management and, uh, over, and setting the bar for where things ought to be. Right. And just, you know, really just, you know, just a very silly story from, you know, my old firm that, that I love, but one of our bugbears was we would never start a meeting on time. Mm. And it was just so disrespectful and wasteful of people's time. You know, it'd be 15 minutes before we can get it. And it always drove me crazy. Yes. And when they asked me to go down in Dallas, to open up an office, I just decided that in Dallas, we were going to start our meetings on time. You know, after a couple of weeks of making it clear that that's just the way we do things, everyone's always on time. You know, I have Ben Bella. We start our meetings on the minute. You know, just when we start, we start. It's one thirty. That then we do it at one thirty, and I, I think it's a, it's a tiny thing, but it's just an example of how something that seemed insolvable around people's behavior really is a matter of you know just setting the right tone at the management level. That's right. That's exactly right. And which is what Alan Mulally talked about in the book. Uh, he talked about how he turned around Ford because they were known as a dog each dog culture, as well as they were uh, not open and honest about what was going on. And he created this program called the Business Plan Review, the BPR. And every week they'd have a BPR. And he'd say, okay, what's going wood and what's going bad and what's not working? Well, nobody wanted to come up and say they have a, they were struggling with something as part of it. So everybody always had green lights, green light, green light. Everything's going great. Well, he said, well, we're on target to lose $17 billion. How can everything be green light? <laughs> You know, our, 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 our projections are seventeen million dollar, a billion dollar loss. So something's not right. And finally, one guy, after a couple of weeks, said, "Well, I've got a problem." And everybody said, "Oh my goodness, he's getting ready to get fired." And Alan started clapping. He said, "Thank you. I just needed somebody to be honest, and I needed somebody to take this principle that I'm teaching you and step out on faith that you would not be punished for." being honest, you would be rewarded for it. And then that they fixed that problem. And the next week, more people opened up. And before long, more people opened up. And it started with a mindset shift. And that's what we try and get people to do, get a mindset shift. And if you change your thinking, you'll change your future. You know, scripture says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so if you change that thinking, you can change 
the results of your future. And so that's why it's important that we get these kind of resources and materials like this, you know, attitude of excellence is going into, going to go into places like uh, hospitality places. We've already had Hyatt over the years has, has, has bought thousands of them. Uh, Marriott has done the same. Blue Cross Blue Shield, USDA, FBI, uh, CIA, Norton Healthcare. I mean, one after another have Reddit and, and Verizon who I'll, I'll get it. Uh, someone will hear about it or, and it's not in bookstores. Remember, up until now, in bookstores, it only was delivered initially from me in my office. So it was either me calling a friend of mine or a client of mine saying, hey, I want you to read this. And each time I'd get the same response. I just read your book. Send me a thousand copies. I just read your book. Send me 2,000, 3,000 copies. And I was always shocked because I'd get the same response time after time after time. So it was about growing the thinking of your people because you know if you grow your thinking of your people, they will grow the results and the performance and productivity that they bring to the organization. Now, Willie, let's talk a little bit more about that because your track record on doing, you know, not only on the private version of this book, but in your earlier books, your track record of uh, corporate sales has been unbelievable. I think I don't have a single author who wouldn't envy that level of sales that you've achieved. What are your secrets for that? Well, a couple of things. One is that I always try to be honest with people. You know, I, uh, you, you know, we have a marriage book out and, and, and a marriage relationship is also like a business relationship. And if you're going to have a successful business relationship, you've got to have, like in a marriage, four good communication and honest communication. And I call it the four F's formula that we use in the marriage book to help in business as well. You got to be friendly. Never start off hostile because when you put a put a hostile message out, people put up defense mechanism and then they will either respond in a hostile manner or they will shut down. So start off friendly. But then after you get a friendly start, then be frank. Don't beat around the bush. Don't tell them half-truths. Tell them, hey, this is how this is making me feel. And when I say be frank, I don't want you to go in and just be a bull in a china shop, but this is how that made me feel. This is how this is impacting my performance, or this is how this felt to me. So be friendly, be frank, then be fair. And ask, now, I'm not sure why that happened or what, but tell me what was what was the thinking so we can try and fix that and I can get another perspective, your perspective. So be friendly, be frank, be fair, and then be focused on a positive result. Focus on how this is going to turn out good for both of us. And Stephen Covey, wrote, he sold millions and millions of books because he helped people understand two principles. One. Always seek to win-win relationships. Uh, seek uh, uh, for the, each person to walk away feeling like they won. And two, seek first to understand, then to be understood. So seek first and let me get what you're saying. Oh, oh, and then to be understood. So when I would call one of my friends, clients, or people I didn't even know, I say, I got something I really think would be of help to you and your team. And I'd like for you to just see and hear about this or read about it, or let me tell you a little more about it. And when I'd say an attitude of excellence, everybody loves those two words, 
attitude and excellence. Because as I said, you ask 100 CEOs what they look for when they hire somebody, attitude and excellence are going to be in the top 10. I yeah, no question. No question. And so when you put two of those top 10 together and you create a bold, strong force to help your folks grow, they, they say, not only did I like it, but I want more copies of it. Now, you know, you've been, you know, a speaker and, and you've also been an author and those two, I'm sure, have interacted, you know, in, in terms of each helping the other. What's your advice to an up and coming speaker in terms of bringing out a book? Well, the key to bring out a book is, one, take your time in terms of putting your thoughts together in a great outline. Start with a great outline and just uh, uh, just a outline of what you want your, your, you want this book to be about. And then make a commitment that you're going to do some writing every day and just write every day. It doesn't have to be a long time, but just every day. And the other thing about putting out a book is while you're doing that, always be developing your relationships because writing the book is about uh, publishing it. Writing and publishing it is about 40% of the success of a great book. 60% is marketing and pushing that book. And as I used to tell when, when bookstores were the only way to sell books, I tell publishers, and I, I would say I would have said to you, but we now got Amazon, but I'd say your job is to get the book in the store or on the Amazon. My job is to get it out the store. <laughs> okay. And so I've got to have relationships. I've got to be able to communicate and I've got to let folks know that I'm willing to go the extra mile to help them to achieve their goals. Because this book is nothing if it doesn't help somebody else to have greater success. No, that's absolutely, that's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, I would say for, you know, that's, that's actually very, it's a more than fair allocation of responsibilities. So, yeah. you know, I feel like it's, uh, it's our job actually to put you in a position to sell the book by getting you in the right media, getting you out there and so on. Uh, you know, you're, you're a powerhouse in yourself, but Hopefully, between the two of us, we're going to get a lot, lot of attention for this. Yeah. So I would tell new authors, don't, don't go in asking for the the publisher to make, to, to do everything. Okay, that's that's not a good partnership. They they got a job to do. You got a job to do. So if you go, you write a good book or the best books you can write. I mean, sometimes it's just about the best you can do at this point. I I, I will say that my first book was good. It was very good. It only takes a minute to change your life, but I. I, I did the best I could where I was, but I sold a lot of those books because I developed great relationships and I was willing to do my part and to talk about the book every way I could, every radio, television show, every uh, speech. I talk about how this could be a blessing to somebody else and it worked. So 20 years later, that book has sold millions of copies. And so we're grateful. Now, you sort of glossed over this, but you said you toured with Gladys Knight <laughs> early in your career. And I just wanted maybe just to give a few words about that because it's so fascinating. Well, it is fascinating. She She's a fascinating, fabulous person. And I'm very grateful for our friendship. She called, actually, uh, we were in the car, my wife and I, last week on our way to the airport. And she called just to say hello and see how we were doing. I was so kind of her. But she is a phenomenal lady. So we get this tour. Les Brown invites me to be on this tour. And I get to open a tour for Gladys Knight, Billy Preston, and Les Brown. So it was phenomenal. Billy Preston, the great organist who played with Beatles and so many others. 
And so I got to meet them, but to get to see them do their thing and be amongst icons in their fields and to learn how they go on. Here's what I learned. They go on every time and give an A game performance. Never, never let me do. I'm, I'm, you know, I gave A last night. I'm, I'm tired tonight. No, A game every time I get on that stage. A game, and that's what I've tried to do. Every time I get up, I'm going. I'm sick. Okay, I don't care. I didn't get any sleep. I'm jet lagged. I've been, I've been flying all day. No, no matter what, A game. And so when we do this book, A game. You know, over the years, uh, Glenn, people have said to me, well, you know, you should be putting out. A, 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 a book a month, and I said, you know what? I appreciate that. Well, you could just have some transcribing of your of your speeches, or transcribing your radio, television shows, and and just put out a book. I said, I appreciate that, but you know what? I made a decision years ago that it doesn't hit the street till I say it's done, it's good, it's 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 my. I can put my name on it. And so if I can't do that, it doesn't, I've got a lot of manuscripts I'm still working on for two, three, four, even one from 20 years that it wasn't right. I didn't, couldn't put, couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't put it out. It only meets the audience's eyes when it's ready. Now, no, I think, I think yeah. that's very wise. I yeah. mean, I've seen it over and over again. You know, a great book outsells a good book 10 to one. That's right. That's right. So I'm really, really excited. <laughs> I, let me tell you, man. I must say this. I told my staff, y'all all have to read the first part of this book. Now, the whole book, they've read the rest of it. But the first part, the preface and intro is so strong. It is strong. It's just captivating. And I wrote the book. Yeah. But, you know, but man, the way it was edited and moving ideas around to, it almost sings. It sings a song. This is strong it really is strong i love the excitement you have for this book which i have as well because you know that's how you sell books is passion absolutely so i want everybody to go to amazon uh, i mean uh, attitudeofexcellence.com go to ben bella get the book probably have some free some things you can download and some look at we got some goodies on all of these sites that we'll give you just to let you know we believe in this so this is a book that you will see that we we all in on and so attitudeofexcellence.com, benbella.com, amazon.com, go to your local bookstore, get the book, read it. I really believe that if you read it, you're going to want more copies for your friends, your coworkers, your team, your church members, your community groups, because attitude and excellence, two words that are synonymous with longevity and success. So, well, well, well said. Now, let me give you, you mentioned this and I want to give you a minute to promote this because I know you're, you and, and your wife have self-published this and I was fortunate enough to have get to have dinner with you and your wife and it was just lovely to see you guys together. Just say a little bit about your uh, marriage book. Oh man, thank you so much. You're so kind. Well, my wife and I have been married for 33 years uh, as of this recording and we're on our way to 34, 35, 40. And, but anyway, 33 years, haven't had an argument in over 30 years. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, amazing. And now, well, we were on a radio show and the lady said, you've never had an argument? I said, I didn't say that. I said, we haven't had an argument in 30 years. Those first couple of years were like World War III. Uh, we were arguing and it was, it was a big argument. We even almost broke up one night over 
Chinese food. That's how how bad our our argument oh, wow. was. But we learned some principles from some wise mentors. Again, it goes back to wise mentors. Look, Glenn, there are two ways to get to any goal: mentors and mistakes. Both will get you there. One just gets you there with less headaches, heartaches, and knots upside your head. So right. we both learned from these great mentors about how to disagree without being disagreeable, how to have a happy, successful marriage. And it worked. And after 33 years, we said, you know what? These things work. And we had so many people would ask us, how is it that y'all travel together? You work together. You're always holding hands. And so my son said, look, I'm tired of y'all having all these people ask me and ask you. We're going to, I'm going to push you. And he did, pushed us to wrote a, he pushed us to write a book. And the book is called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last. And it has just taken off. And so I encourage people to go to jollymarriage.com, jollymarriage.com, get a free chapter. Uh, one of the most powerful chapters, how to disagree without being disagreeable. As well as Friday, uh, uh, we have Friday events, Saturday events around the country. And every Monday night, as, as our schedule allow, at nine o'clock, we do a Facebook live session, just answering questions that come into jollymarriage.com and helping people. Because look, 50% of marriages, as we know in America, break up. And statistics show of the 50% that remain, statistics show that 40% of those people are miserable. They don't they only stay in it because of economic reasons. So we want them to not have to stay in a marriage because it's because they just got to stay in it, but be in a marriage because they really are digging it. So jollymarriage.com. Thank you for, for letting me share that. And uh, we are really excited about it. We're really excited about the response we've been. That's great. Well, no, my pleasure, Willie. And and uh, I think, uh, you know, listeners can see from your energy level, your salesmanship, your passion that, you know, why you've sold a lot of books, why you continue to. And I think you know, a lot of our listeners are people in the publishing business. So I think it's, it's uh, inspirational to them. Now you've dealt with a few publishers, any words of wisdom for the publishing business in general? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had a number of publishing uh, arrangements and uh, real quick for those who, who, who are listening, who might be authors or publishers. Let me tell you my story of publishing. Uh, my first book, it only takes a minute to change your life. Came out because I started these one-minute motivational messages that I got on radio with, and people would call and say, "Oh, what was that message?" This was back before internet, and they said, "What was that message uh, I heard today on the radio? Can you fax it to me?" So I fax it to them. After you get that enough, you say, "Maybe this is something of interest to people." So after a few months of that, I said, "I'm gonna write a book." And it just so happened that I got a, a letter, not an email, because there was no such thing as email then, a letter from a, a college book publisher in Fairfax, Virginia, who said, we print college textbooks and we're looking to expand to motivational speakers. And they sent one to everybody in the National Speakers Association, Washington, D.C. chapter, which I was one, said, if you'd like to get a book out, uh, what we'll do. It will print it. You sell it. It doesn't go into schools or in stores or doesn't go anywhere, but you sell it at your speeches. And we split the profits. I said, OK, I'm an entrepreneur. I did it. I sold 2000 books in about six months. And they said, oh, that was good. Let's get another 2000. I did that. Then I spoke for the National Speakers Association. A guy named Rick Frischman 
was in the audience. Who I was, know Rick. Yeah, he was. He's a he's a big time publicist, and and uh, he worked with a lot of the big authors. He was in the audience. He he went back to New York called the Agent for Chicken Soup for the Soul, one of the biggest books in history, and said, "There's this guy, this young I man. This guy is on fire. You better call him. He's going to be big." So he calls me and says. I hear an agent called me and said, I hear you got a book. I said, yes, sir. He said, I'm going to be in D.C. in a couple of weeks. I'd like to have breakfast. We had breakfast. He, I brought the little book. It was self-published. I brought my little, my, my, my little makeshift promotional materials. I mean, they were <laughs> makeshift. They were Xeroxed and stuff like that. Anyway, he said, let me see what I can do. He got a book deal with St. Martin's Press, two books. Uh, they took the only takes a minute and put it out in paperback globally. And then I wrote a second book called A Setback as a Setup for a Comeback that became a global bestseller. It still sells well today. Then my next book was with Wiley, and I wrote a book uh, called Turn Setbacks into Greenbacks. And then the next book was with Greenleaf. And so we've just done one book after another. I've learned from publishers, here's what you got to do. What I loved about you, because when we decided to go with this book and not have to not, not only have its private label anymore, but go public, my agent called you and I talked to a number of publishers and they were all making offers. And what I liked about you, and this is for publishers to hear and for authors, Ben Bella said, look, we are a partnership. We are a partnership. We do this together. And I want your ideas and I hope you listen to my ideas and that we can do this together. We can succeed together. And I said, wow, that's a different strategy because usually them against us or us against them but we we and from day one we've taken each other content ideas respected each other calls it's been good it's been great and i think it's going to get even better and so that is i think what is going to be the earmarks for future publishing that you don't see it as us against them or or we the publisher and you're the author and we we make all the decisions and you just go along or vice versa, you know, it's all in this together because we all win together. So I'm really excited about that. And I think if others will take this philosophy that one, publisher's job is to create a great product, put it everywhere, get great marketing. The author's job is to sell it, to sell it every which way they can, to do radio and television interviews, to be open to do guest appearances where they might not get paid to go places to promote that book and to be mindful that that this is a partnership, that those are going to be the stories. And I believe in a year, two years, you're going to see this book having tremendous, tremendous impact, not only in America, but globally, and that you're going to see it at the top of a lot of the bestsellers list. But more importantly, more importantly, the 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 sales and the the accolades it's the companies that used it to grow their business al cornish said to me from norton healthcare when he called today he said that book has truly helped our company to grow we are we are thriving now in ways we've never thrived before and i want to thank you for your input in getting it i told him wait to wait till you read the new version it's dynamite he said i can't wait so i'm literally sending him a copy today that's great. Well, Willie, thank you. That's well said. And 
No, you're right. I mean, you know, obviously we're all in this business to make money, but we're not just in this business to make money because there's probably a lot of easier ways of making money. Right. We're here in this business to help people and, you know, be of service. And, you know, I know that you embody that. And, you know, we try to do that as well. Oh, man. Well, y'all have done that. So I want to encourage people, go get some of the free stuff uh, that we're going to offer for this book. Uh, we've got we've got poems. We've got uh, ideas. I even got a new music project that is going to be rolling out uh, with this book that we're going to be rolling out called is all about your attitude and it's dynamite and you'll be able to hear that so we're going to have all sorts of podcasts and ideas and, we, and let me tell you that one more thing we want your ideas if you're listening to this podcast and you say you know what i love that idea and i got an idea about x please reach out to us reach out to me send me an email Info at willyjolly.com. Info, I-N-F as in Frank O, at Willie, W-I-L-L-I-E-J-O-L-L-E-Y.com. Info at willyjolly.com with the E in Jolly. And say, hey, I got an idea. I heard you on the podcast. I got an idea for you. One other thing I want to do, I always like to give people gifts. So if you will just send me an email at info at willyjolly.com and say, I heard you on Glenn's podcast. We'll send you a digital gift just to say thank you for listening because we we develop relationships and it's all about relationships. So just say, I heard you on Glenn's podcast and I want my gift. We'll send you some. <laughs> That's very nice. Willie, this has been fantastic. It's been a pleasure working with you and it's I'm looking forward to much, much more. Um, so thank you so much for making the time for this. Well, it was my joy, my privilege, my pleasure, and I'm really looking forward. So here's my closing thought for all the people who are please. listening is one, please send us your email if you like to give. Two, send us your questions or ideas if you like to have some new thoughts that we hadn't thought of because we, you know, we, we want ideas from everybody. Three, go to jollymarriage.com, get the free chapter. Uh, for the marriage book. If you're married or you're not married, there's a chapter in there for, for single people. Four is that we want you to go to attitudeofexcellence.com, also the Ben Bella site and Amazon. Get get the, the free things we have, get the downloads and get the books, uh, get many books, get lots of them. And finally, follow your dream. Follow your dream wherever it leads. Don't be distracted by less worthy needs. Shelter it, nourish it, help it to grow. Hold your dream deep, down deep where dreams grow. Follow your dream, pursue it with haste. Life is too precious, too fleeting to waste. Be faithful, be loyal, and all the day through, the dream that you follow will keep coming true. It's been a privilege and a pleasure, a treat and a treasure, a joy beyond measure for me to be on with Glenn Yefet. And I am honored to call him my friend. Thank you, Willie, so much. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Building Books podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you happen to listen to it or share it on social media. If you're an author who wants to submit a proposal or pitch to Ben Bella Books, please go to benbellabooks.com, click on the Four Perspective Authors button, and I'll lead you through a little form that makes it real easy to submit to us. Thank you.